The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. Stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. I'm a bad man. I took up the world. Yes, let's go, let's go. Hey, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. He's a lockdown DB of the show. He makes sure we keep covered back here. Uh, we are black in sports, man. We're here giving a voice to the culture. You know, we will not shut up and dribble. We're here to interview the Best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. Covering it all, laughing at it all, and uh, providing a platform to be heard. All right. Without further ado, in celebration of black history, okay, we got some black excellence in the building, all right? Uh, MH loves when we have another DB, so uh, we're going to be playing all cover two tonight. <laughs> I'll be a lot back. You're lying back if we got to slip into cover three. All right. All right, man. Uh, played with the Colts. Played with the Ravens, all right? Ladies, you can give him a kiss because he's Irish, all right? Uh, graduate from the Notre Dame University. Uh, and he's graduate of Harvard University, yep. all right? Let's give it up for that. Award-winning entrepreneur, father, and Las Vegas local, Jerome. I said Jerome in the house. I said Jerome in the house. Watch <laughs> <We your mind>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it up. We got Jerome Sapp in the house. Clap hey, it it's up, good clap to be here, up. man. It's good Absolutely. to be here. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Hey, man, well, we got a lot to talk about with you, brother. Yep. Yeah. We may have to do like a three-part series with That's this all. one right here. That's but um, we're going to start off, man, with how we always started off is give us a shoot-your-shot moment, man. The time you <laughs> went for it all, you know. Uh, could have been with the ladies. Could have been a job. It could be on the field, man. I mean, you you played against some rough competition, but just <laughs> anytime, shoot your shot moment. Go. Oh man, it's, it's a lot of them. <laughs> Obviously, playing DB. Uh, mm -hmm. Shoot, growing up in Texas too. All we did was shoot our shot with women. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I I'll keep it simple. Uh, it was it was um, it was actually against the Colts one time. I was playing against the Colts, and um, I was actually with the Ra with the Ravens. All right. And it was one of the moments. It was late in the game, and. I didn't hear the coverage. You know how that goes yeah, sometimes. Yep. And, you know, sometimes it's like, man, just get back if you don't hear the coverage. Just yep. get back. Yep. But, uh, you know, for, for some reason, I was like, I'm a blitz. You know? <laughs> 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 that was that was just my mentality. I'm just going to blitz. I'm just going to shoot my shot, man. <laughs> hey, I got. Hey, I made the play, though. Oh, there you go. I made the play. Yeah, there you go. Hey, it was one of them things where the coach couldn't be all the oh, way the man, mad. Yeah. Oh, right, he yeah. was mad, but he wasn't all the way mad. <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> so. Hey, but hey, shoot your shot though. That is a great you know? shoot your that shot is, moment. Man. Though. <laughs> what, what was what was the, the film breakdown like? You know, it was it was you know sap. I, you know, normally we 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 don't really condone this, <laughs> but in this situation. You were going full speed, and yeah, you know, yeah. and, and we, we, you know, we we always congratulate people going full speed, but yeah. you know, you were supposed to be back in cover three, you know, like <laughs> I was like, you in the of field. Yeah. Right. I was like, coach, I don't know what came over me. I, you know, I got spirit, the, yeah, the spirit came over me, and I, you know, I had to I had to shoot my shot. Oh, I love it. That's a good yeah, one. That's that a good is. one, man. So. All right, man. So definitely, what was your love with sports, man? Let's just talk a little bit about your background, man. What was your first memory of sports? And then just kind of walk through it. You know, I mean, and I and, and I know we all at this table can can understand this, and even you know, I, I would imagine most of our listeners, when you, when you find something that you're just so natural at, and you don't have to think about it, okay. and 
you know, in a world where, you know, growing up, for me, growing up in the South, in the hood, you know, there were so many things that were challenging, you know, from a day-to-day basis. You know, growing up with our father in the house, there were, there were so many challenges. So finding sports and finding football is something that came, you know, God gave it to me and it, it was so natural to me. And that's when it, it, you just fell in, I just fell in love with it. You know, it was almost like it was supposed to be. You know, people talk about, you know, they knew that they were supposed to do this in life or they knew they were supposed to do this. At an early age, I knew I was going to be a football player. Not not that I didn't think I can do anything else because right. my mother always instilled in me, in me that you can do anything you put your mind to. And, you know, academically, she wanted me to, you know, be, be excellent and strive for excellence, which, you know, she made sure that I did. Um, but, you know, falling in love with sports because it felt, like the thing you felt, you know, it, it felt natural, like natural when you. two people yeah. fall in love with each other, so easy and, and effortless. And that's what sports was to me at a young age. So, um, shout out to moms, right? Yeah. <laughs> moms, man, they be putting that wisdom together. Yep. They, uh, they adore a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, so was it always football or yeah. did you play some other sports? You know, you know, it, it was always football. I was, I, I ran track too. Okay. Um, All right. That's the question, the miles, right? What yeah. what, 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 what was yeah, the race? What, what, what was the event? <laughs> yeah, so I was I was a I was a quarter horse. I was ran the four by four. Oh boy, yep. boy. look at it. Flashback. <laughs> <And laughs> yeah, I ran what, the one leg. What I leg? Was, I was the number. I was the second leg. Oh, quarter horses. Yep. My G, my G. <laughs> yep, yep. My G, man. So I ran the one, the two, and the four, the four hundred, and the four by four. But our coach was old school. So he didn't really let us run our individual races. I mean, I was a 10, 6, 100 guy. Okay. But in Texas, that you that, wouldn't that's even. What, yeah, yeah. That's that, what you needed yeah. to, you, to you, be. I, I wouldn't even <laughs> made quality. it out of regions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> re, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it out of regionals running a 10, 6. Yeah, you just Texas. on the team. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, Go over there and start throwing shot put. <laughs> yeah, y'all were chilling. But in the 400, I was a, I was a 45 split guy. Oof. You know, I mean, that's all we practiced. 45 Oof. split. Um, but the crazy thing is, which helped us a lot, the U.S. men's four by four team practiced with which us. Which all? Oh, wow. at Rice because we practiced at Rice University. Okay. My schools and we didn't have a track at our school, so we practiced at the college. Yep. So our coach would make us hop in with the the, the U.S. men's four by four team. Yeah, you're gonna learn and, today. Yeah, you're gonna learn today. <laughs> you're gonna learn today. And not only did he make us hop in, but okay. like I said, he was old school. He said, "I know you're gonna get beat, but they better not beat you by that much." And he was serious yeah, too. Yeah. So he was like, "Listen, I know they're gonna beat you, but you better hang with them as, at least as long as you can." Wow. You know, so that's so practice. Practice was hard. I mean, obviously that wasn't every day. <laughs> that's an understatement. Practice but, was um, hard, right? <laughs> but when we got to the meets, it was easy. So we were state champs, you know, in track. And Absolutely. you know, the only reason I didn't run in college was because I need. I, I wanted to gain weight for football. Yeah. And to keep running those times, I would have had to stay at the same weight. So, right. Yeah. Forty-five yeah. split. Yep. You heard it. Yep. I'm telling you, there's a whole that. So my family's from Texas, okay, but I I grew up in Colorado, yep. right? So there's a whole JV level to what we thought we was doing in Colorado <laughs> compared to what's going on in Texas, yep. man. I I know uh I had a brother that moved with us in Colorado, okay. older brother, uh, when I was in high school, and uh, um he was always listening to Screw, Screw, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> 
bro, you can couldn't nobody tell me I went from Houston. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. From about tenth grade on, man. Yeah. From about tenth grade on, I, I was all you know, switch the house, yeah. chopped and screw. Everything yeah. was chopped and screw. I was listening to songs like, "What? This don't sound right." Not chopped and screw. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, just tell me a little bit about growing in Houston, man. I know it's, it's got its own kind of flavor to it, man. So. Oh man, it's a, it's a whole culture vibe down there. Yeah. You know, I mean. I grew up in Fifth Ward of Houston, so, you know, it was a hood. I grew up on Coke Street, too. So, I mean, it, it, it was what it was. I mean, the, the, the thing that I remember was it was always competition, but, but that was normal. So you grew up learning to compete, and not only compete, but if you, if, if you weren't competing against the best person, you were like, well, where's the, the best team at? Or where's yeah. the best dude at? Don't yeah. give me the dude who ain't the best. Right. Cause you were used to the best dude, you right. know, the best dude will come to your block, you know, the best group will come over to your block, you know, the best, you know, schools will want to play against the best schools. And, you know, and I, you know, I just remember, you know, growing up in that competitive environment and I had an older brother too, was 13 months older and we competed against each other, but in the, in a, in a good way though. I mean, it was never like a negative competition. So, you know, Houston has its own style. I mean, it's its own swag. I mean, yeah. everything we did was, it was different and you know to the point you made earlier you know we racing these big track meets against schools from california and louisiana yeah. and, and and florida and we'd always hold our own and you know we develop respect for all these people and that's partly too how we met a lot of guys football yeah. players that we end up playing Play with against, or against later yep. oh, okay um but yeah i mean it was it was just competitive that's the the biggest thing I remember was it was competitive, but we didn't run from it though. Right. I mean, we we loved it. We loved to. Com I mean, we loved to compete. Like right. it was, you know. I, and I and I when I go to talk to kids today, I try to tell them like the biggest thing that you can develop as a as a kid is the the passion for competition. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, you you may not win all the time, but if you learn to love to compete, yeah. you, you'll be fine in whatever you do in life. You know. And so the biggest thing about Texas as I can remember was competing. Like it, it was always putting, putting you up against the best, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, as I mentioned, running the 10, 600, I mean, in my district, I think I finished fourth yeah. in district, like yeah. let alone like the region, <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. but, but, but that's just what it was, you know? And, and you know, the guys who won, that was another thing, you know, we, we competed as hard as we could, but we used to actually work out with each other in the off season. Mm -hmm. It it was that competitive because right. we all wanted the best from this school would meet up with the best from this school, and and we went after it, you know. And it was all love. That's why even to this day, we 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 still we still boys when we go back home, you know. Man, man, that's so refreshing in in a day and age of uh, build your confidence. Yep. Competition is not stressed a month. It's not a month amongst our youth. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So that's just that's just real refreshing to hear. Um. Notre Dame. Yep. Yes. Hey, how did that recruiting process? I know you're all American. Sure. How did that recruiting process work? Yep. What, what's the guy about Notre Dame? Well, to, to get to Notre Dame, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Okay. Take us there. Houston had 60 high schools. What so high school were you at? I was at Lamar High School. Okay. Yep. So a lot of the talent cannibalized itself. Okay. Obviously, you you know. Oh, y'all beating up on each we're other. We're beating up each other. That's Absolutely. why you always hear the KDs, the Odessa Permian. Well, they got you know seven thousand kids in in yeah. West Texas. Mm -hmm. That's who wins the championship because yeah. inner city schools beat the. I mean, we just beat each other, you know. Um. So the crazy thing is, however, that's where the hotbed of talent is. I think there was a poll that the percentage wise, Houston has the highest percentage of NFL players in the NFL. Houston. 
just hotbed of Houston. Oh, wow. Really? Um, so the scouts were always coming in, always coming in, always coming in. And I was fortunate enough to start on varsity as a sophomore at safety. Never played safety in my life. All right. I was a running back. And my brother and I, my brother's a year older than me, got moved. He was a junior. I was a sophomore. And ended up, I remember scouts coming to watch other guys. Yeah. And saw me playing. So by the time I was a, a, a junior, I was an All-American. By the time I was a senior, I was a, you know, top, I think I was the number four player rated in the in the country. Nice. Um, and Mr. Texas. So when it got to the recruiting side of it, you know, I, I just remember, remember like, <laughs> It, it was overwhelming to a degree yeah. because I didn't realize that's what it was. Like when you see the movie Blue Chips or <laughs> or the program or or he got game or he got game. <laughs> that's exactly what it was like, you know. Like you know, having these coaches yeah. parked outside your house, yeah. coming after you, literally appointment after appointment. The first day of recruiting, they're all parked out. Bobby Bowden, you know the next, you know the next big. You know, at the time, Joe Paterno right behind him, right. you know, waiting, you know, like, so it, it it was it was crazy. But, you know, having a, a strong black mother, <laughs> she put she put parameters around Speak on that, man. everything. Speak on that. You know, like you couldn't just I, I remember um, I'm not going to say the coach's name, but the funny thing is I ended up playing for him later on in the NFL. <laughs> he came in and put his, his his foot up on my mom's coffee table <laughs> and my mom t- told him to leave. <laughs> You gotta go, bro. Yeah, that was, that's, that's disrespectful. That's yeah, and she's like, "You're not paying no bills." Nah. Yeah, if you're not gonna respect my house, you're not gonna respect my son when he's away from me. That's, that's what she told time. him. Yeah, uh, which is funny. Him and I always got a laugh out of it later on in the NFL because he was like, "Your mom was right. I was yeah. out of, basically out of pocket." He was but, definitely out of pocket. So, <clears throat> choosing Notre Dame, I mean, it really came down to, you know, I, a mixture of academics, athletics, and tradition. You know, I didn't think you could find that mixture with any university. Yeah. That's just me personally. Yeah. Who else was in the, yeah, in the mix? Was, yeah. S- U- USC, Miami, Michigan. Um, I mean, every, everyone. Everyone, okay. rec- everyone recruited me, but I but think... Notre I, Dame was it. Notre Dame, Notre Dame was it. Uh, university of Texas, too. Um, Damn. And it, it was... Oh, UT? The crazy <laughs> thing is... Get it, get it together, right? Oh. My best friend Out went to backyard. UT. Um. So Rob Rob Babers, he he was our I was he was safe. I was say that he was a cornerback. Okay. Actually, we had nine D one scholarships my senior year. That's yeah. that's what kind of talent. That's what kind of competition from, yeah, from my high school. You know. That's really D one scholarship. D one scholarship. You know. And uh, God. two of us went to the NFL too. So. Bro, my, my dad's somewhere <laughs> smiling right now because he always told me about Texas high school football, yeah. man. So he like, yep. I, I, yeah, I, told, I told you, I didn't told you about <laughs> yeah. that. So, so Vince Young was in my my conference, so we played okay. against Vince. Okay, I mean, we played. I mean, forty thousand people shut the shut the stadium down on a yeah. high school game. Yeah. You know, that's not even a playoff game. Right. You know? That's a that's a regular Friday. It's a regular Friday. <laughs> you know. So basically, that's what it was, man. Like I wanted a challenge. It would have been easy to stay at Texas. It would have been easy. This is just for me. Like I don't ever look down on anyone's decision. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I actually applaud people for going to SC and all these other schools. Right. But SC, man, like it was Hollywood. Like, <laughs> and I knew if I went to Hollywood, it, <laughs> I know me. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you want to stay away from the mission scandals? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Indiana's a little different. Right. Indiana's a little different. <laughs> you know, I, it was three feet of snow on the ground. Yeah. And, I mean, so anyway, but that's that's where I felt like I needed to be, All and right. you know, it took 
took me about two and a half years to really understand the decision I made to go to Notre Dame because the first two and a half years I hated it. Yeah. Coming from a place like Houston. All right. You know. um, So speak on that culturally. Like break that down. So that's real. You know, that that is real. But, you know, the crazy thing culturally, because the high school I went to, uh, it was a, it was a good mixture of, of kids at the high school. And, okay. you know, I grew up where, you know, you accept people as they, as they are, to, right. you know, like, you know, my mom was like, I don't care what color they are. Mm-hmm. If they respect you, you respect them, you right. know? And so I grew up, you know, I don't care what you are, you know, we, if we cool, let's be cool. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, then I was cool with everyone in high school for the most part, you know? So going to Notre Dame culturally, it's only 2% African-American. Mm-hmm. Which didn't bother me, you know, because, you know, I'm I'm here to graduate and play football, you know. True. But the crazy thing is <clears throat> there were so many – culturally, they had to adjust to me, though, because most of them come from private schools where they never interacted with an African-American or minority, for that matter. Yeah. And I was – or someone like me was the first person they had to interact with. And I'm not saying it was all bad. All right. But there, you know, there were there was there was there were some bad times, you know, or bad interactions. Right. But for the most part, they were looking to me to kind of break the ice, and you know, you know, I'm like, man, what's what's got what's up, man? Right. You know, like why why are you looking like that? You know, <laughs> you know, one funny thing is I remember my roommate looking at I come in the room, and he's a white guy from Detroit. Okay, him and I are best friends of this day. He was a hockey player. Okay, and he's looking at my shampoo, reading the back of it, <laughs> like. Yeah. What is this juice? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, man, your hair ain't gonna look like mine, man. You can use it, man. Like, <laughs> we we still get a laugh out of that. He was like reading like the directions and like, <laughs> wow. But anyway, but That's funny. it it was it wasn't that part of it because you know I mean it was enough of us and oh hundred percent. Like I said, I was cool with everybody at Notre Dame too. You know, like it was it was just. South Bend, Indiana is a slow, it's the middle of nowhere. Slow. Um, There there wasn't a lot to do off campus, and there was, it was cold. I mean, shoot, you didn't see, girls were wrapped up nine months out of the year. (laughs) You know, I mean, it it was different. It was a different vibe, you know. And, too, on top of all that, and the thing I think that I can appreciate even now is it was hard, too. I mean, Notre Dame was a hard place to go to because they didn't care. I mean, it, you mean it, academically, academically, yep, 100% athletically, 5 a.m. workouts, you know, then you got to go to, you know, they, they monitor what you ate. Then you, you got to go to film study. You got to go to class. They actually paid students to, to spy on you in the class you know, and you didn't know which student it was. Cause if ah, you, you know, so you, they made sure you went to class yeah. and they held you accountable they didn't care that you were a football player. If you didn't go to class, you were in trouble. You're going to be suspended. If you didn't do this, they didn't care. You're going to be suspended. If you didn't maintain this GPA, they didn't care. You're going to be suspended. And what they forced you to do is really grow up quick and realize, man, I'm an athlete, but I'm not bigger than the rules. Yeah. Right. I'm not bigger than 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 the law. I'm not, I'm not bigger than anyone else. On ca- also, they didn't have athletic dorms, so we stayed – with, oh, with everybody. With everybody. With G- general pop. <laughs> and we, wow. we didn't have, at the time, a training table. So didn't we, have a training table. Have so training we table. ate with everyone, too, you know? So, I mean, of course, now they do. Right. That's but awesome. it forced you to, to look beyond and yeah. kind of get out your comfort zone and make friends with people you, you, you normally wouldn't interact with. Right. And 
what that did was now some of those are your best friends and right i mean now you know you're you know, i got friends that are running companies now just because i was you know i was next door neighbor to them you yes. know and it was like a, your dorm at notre dame they didn't have a greek system at notre dame your dorm was your greek system okay literally those are your your greek right. brothers basically right. you know okay. so it, it forced you to to op, you know kind of open up and say hey man like where are you from yeah like, uh, what's what's how do you how do you do it where you from you know yeah. Or oh, what is what's this you listening to? Let me let me let me let me let me check it out. Or here's here's what we listen to back home type yeah, yeah, thing, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it it was all good. That's good stuff. So you learned a lot, man. It was just an amazing experience for you. It was, like it was an amazing experience. One of the best decisions you made. So far. it was, and it, and it took you, like I said, it took me, and it took most people two and a half years to understand that Notre Dame was bigger than you. <laughs> it was there before you got there, and it will be there when you leave. Yeah. So what are you going to do when you get here to make your mark? Wow. So, so let's spit a couple people out then, huh? I'll spit a lot of people <laughs> out, man. It was tough. But, hey, it made you, made you better for it, though. Nice. Yeah. Talk about, um, you know, I, I lived in Indiana for three years. Okay. And I had the pleasure of one of my best friends. Um, him and his wife were huge Notre Dame fans. Mm -hmm. So I got to go to an SC game just a couple years ago. Yep. Um, and that was my first time seeing that atmosphere. Sure. Um, obviously I toured the whole campus sure. and, um, you know, walked in the stadium and just felt like history. So, yep. I mean, I can only imagine what that's feeling like, you know, slapping the, yep. you know, play like a champion today, yep. entering the, to the stadium. So tell me about that feeling, just walking on sure, man. to the field. It was it was a it was big it was heavy it was a it, you know and like I said you didn't really grasp it when you first got there because okay. you're still trying to figure it out you right. know what what's my place here like am I gonna even <laughs> pass to you know like you know or the, does this co am I ever gonna play you know but once once you understand the magnitude of Notre Dame and the the, the lore of it the tradition and the the global respect um and 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 the thing is when I say respect not I say respect because Notre Dame in a lot of ways does things right. And I'm not saying other programs don't because I know other programs do. Right. But the accountability that they expect and demand of the players and students and student athletes, like if you knew, if you knew what they demanded of us, you would have a respect too, you yeah, know? So. Um, so I knew all of that, man, like, you know, the, as you mentioned it, the tradition, the history, you know, and it was a tangible history, mm -hmm. you know, because the old stadium is still there. Yeah. Right? They've just built around, around it. it. Yeah. So you literally can see the original Notre Dame stadium That's and amazing. inside the stadium, you know, the locker room is still the original stadium. They just added on to it. Okay. You know, they just recently put like the, the video board yep. there. Yeah. They, yeah. They, re they recently even updated it more. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the whole win one for the Gipper speech plaque is right across from my locker <laughs> and I'm, God, you know, the original showers, you know, like I used to shower and, you know, like, I mean, it's the, it's not just man. This place is old. It's like no, it's old, but it's right it's here. Story. Yeah. So it's it's one of the things. Like I said, once you understood the magnitude of University of Notre Dame and Notre Dame football, um, you wanted you wanted to do as much as you can to be a part of it. So my goal was to be a captain. Okay. And which I was. Uh, so I was like, man, I want to leave my mark on this university, and the best way I can do this is have my peers vote me as one of the captains, which 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 happened. So. To answer your question, man, it was it was big. It was a big kind of like you know, like I'm trying to think of the word. I don't want to say pressure because pressure wasn't the word. Yeah, it was almost like um, like you were, you're appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. It's like um, man, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be at this moment in my life, uh -huh. you know, and and be able to experience this. 
and be healthy and be young and and you know all the, you know all those things that you know you you could throw out it was almost like man i appreciate being here at this time you know you know and obviously you you were you came in as a boy i mean you you guys understand it yeah. and you graduate as a man yeah. absolutely. you know and everything that went in on in between those so. lessons in between yeah absolutely so, so oh, 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 yeah just <laughs> <this> <laughs> random up. yeah i love so is it weird like i mean joe montana yep. jerome Bettis, jerome sap uh tim brown yeah and then the fifth person at everybody's mouth is rudy is, is that is that <laughs> weird man you know is, is it weird it's, it's it's not because if here's why it's not it's funny because rudy lives here yeah he does live and here. i've actually gone to lunch a few times with rudy if, if if you understand the culture of notre dame football walk-ons are a big part of the culture okay like, and, and it sounds weird like but I'm, I'm gonna back up a little bit first of all speaking of rudy okay i didn't know notre dame was an institute of higher education until i saw the movie rudy when I was like eight years old, nine right. years old, yeah. I thought Notre Dame was a professional football team because <laughs> they were always on TV, uh, NBC. Yeah, yeah. they were always yeah. on TV, make their own schedule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I saw Rudy for the first time, I was like, "Oh, oh, I get it now." You know, then I, then I was like, "Man, this is this is awesome!" Like, um, so and a lot of people have that same reaction to Rudy. Like Rudy, Rudy was a was a major part of why a lot of people knew of Notre Dame right. on a deeper yeah, level. So, but okay, I'm gonna fast forward. So, the culture of Notre Dame football is based around walk-ons, like because a lot of people. So, so I'm gonna, this is a stat. I think like 88 percent of the student population played varsity sports in high school okay. at Notre Dame. But obviously, most people aren't good enough to play Notre Dame football. Right. So you got all these people. Also, also Notre Dame has full contact dorm sports. So full contact dorm sports. So your dorm is like your brothers. They have full contact tackle football, full contact hockey. So literally, do they get to wear a version of the Golden Dome, or they don't, they don't get that? They don't privilege. get. To, but yeah, okay. the champions play the championship game in Notre yeah, Dame Stadium. Oh, that's big time, that though. So yeah. imagine all the dudes you you're in your dorm brothers. Mm-hmm. You come back and they they banging outside <laughs> the, the yard. You know, like, but to the point, most of them were varsity athletes. Yeah. So. A lot of them, you know, the, the, we all know guys who could have played college football, but they yeah. chose not to. Yeah. But they were definitely good enough to. Absolutely. Right. Same thing in Notre Dame. There was a lot of guys in the dorms who just for whatever reason wanted to hang the cleats up or didn't think they can compete at Notre Dame. Okay. So Notre Dame gets most, if not all, of their walk-ons from the dorm sports. And and uh, a, a lot of them earn scholarships, too. Okay. I mean, I, I think my senior year, four walk-ons earned scholarships. All of them came from dorm sports, you know, and wow. I'm and I'm not talking about like charity scholarships. Like they, these, these you dudes, they, they're banging. Like yeah. these dudes are like con- contributors to the team. Like yeah. so, the walk-on culture at Notre Dame is huge. So that's bad. So that Rudy, Rudy fits in perfect with it. I mean, that's part of the, the culture. Of yeah. Nice. Dang. So that was college. So kind of take us into you know your time with the Colts or just draft. Anything you want to share upon that, but kind of bring us up into the league process. Sure. So, you know, the the biggest thing is just perseverance. You know, I mean, there's a lot of athletes out there. I mean, there's a lot of people in life that face challenges. And, you know, there's, there's a long, dark tunnel of uncertainty, you know, and anything you do that you you face challenges. And that's kind of, kind of what the draft was. I mean, I was All-American. Yeah. And one. A captain. Uh, captain. Yeah. That. Yeah. But. Freak practice, senior year, um, hurt my knee in a practice. 
missed the last uh, two of the last three games. Just crazy. So that dropped my status a little bit too. Last game of the season against USC at USC. Um, Justin Tuck, friendly fire, uh, shattered my wrist. You know, friendly fire. Didn't know I shattered it though. Played the rest of the game. Okay. Um, played in the 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 bowl game. Played in the the senior bowl game. And I remember hitting someone in the the senior bowl game. Um, and my my whole side went numb, and I was like, man, something's definitely because they X-rayed my wrist, mm-hmm. and they didn't see a fracture in it. So when I flew back to South Bend, I got it X-rayed again, and they were like, yeah, it's a fracture in it. We couldn't see it because at first it was internal swelling. They're like, well, you need an operation quick oh, wow. and like immediate because the bone you broke is is a is the most important bone in your wrist, and it's the smallest bone. And if you don't get it operated on, that bone could die, and then you won't be able to use your hand. And I was like, man, and this is obviously before the draft. And yeah, so I got a, you know, bone graft. I got three screws in my wrist. And I'm in a cast like uh, I even show up to the combine in the cast. Uh-huh. So I'm having all these meetings and I'm thinking like, man, God, like why now? Like, right. you know, I did all, you know, did everything right in my mind. Obviously, I obviously didn't do everything right, but um you know, you, you, you always ask why, you know, I was like, why, why, you know, why is this happening? You know, and went through all the, you know, ran a 40 in the cast and, you know, and, and the the Ravens didn't even interview me at the combine, you oh, know, really? I mean, I had a lot of interviews, a lot of interviews, you know, my funny, the funniest one was with the Patriots actually okay. with uh Belichick. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, like cat. I'm, I come sit down with a cast on, he's like, Oh, you know, your cast, when are you going to get that off? Uh-huh. I was like, oh, you know, any day now, you know, like lying, you know, like <laughs> right. I still had like another month or two with my cast, you know. So he, you know, it was just him. Now, every other interview is the whole organization around the room, literally. Yeah. It's a dark room, so you can't really see their faces. The reactions and things. Yeah, exactly. But then the there's like a light lamp on in the middle and you sit down with like an interrogator, literally inter- like uh, former, a lot of the teams hired former FBI guys oh, wow. to question you. Sure. So that because they want to see your reaction to answering questions, getting interrupted, you know, someone raising the voice at you. They want to see how you responded. You know, they want to see your mannerisms. Yes. You know, and and it was, I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, um, but the Patriots didn't have a lot of people in the room. It was Belichick? It was Romeo Cornell. And Romeo, I remember Romeo was at the board, and and Belichick was like, um, he's the X's and O's guy, huh? He was like, "Oh, you you don't even have to sit down, you know." And wow. you know th- these meetings are like speed dating. Yeah, fifteen minutes, horn blows. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the if you got another appointment, you go to it. Um, so he's like, "No, you don't even have to sit down. Why don't you go to the board?" And um, Romeo, can you draw out? He drew. He said some offensive formation, right? And he said, uh, "Mr. Sap, can you draw a cover four to it?" I drew a cover four to it. Then I said, "You." I remember asking him, "Do you want me to draw just the secondary or the <laughs> the full?" The full? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was like, "Well, can you draw the full?" And I was like, "Well, I'll draw it how we did it." And he's right. like, "Yeah, why don't you do that?" So I drew it all out. Uh-huh. Then Romeo motioned the guy. He said, "What would you do?" Check here. Yeah. Motion guy. Check here. Right. Okay. Erased it. All right. Draw. It was like cover two, something like this. And he said, "Do you know what that is?" And I said, "I think I know what it is." And he said, "Well, show me. Draw out what you think then." Drew it up, did some motions. He said, "Okay, that's all we need need to see." Okay, he's like, "Thanks, thanks for your time." And I remember being like, um, "Can I get a shirt?" 
Because they, you know, you could, most teams have shirts you can grab, but he didn't offer it to me. So I asked, oh, you know, I said, shoot, I'm a, shoot your shot. Shoot my shot, you know? So come up off of that. I remember walking out thinking, man, well, I'm not going to be a patriot. Right. So, um, long story short, man, um, it's funny. You know, I tell kids all the time, you know, you know, it's it's always a first impression that sticks with people. Yeah. So at the the, the senior bowl, the Ravens, I was sitting in the lobby. I forget why I was sitting there. The Ravens head of um, college recruiting, scouting, walked by. Phil Savage. I was like, Jerome, man, I've been looking all over for you. Like, he said, man, like, your your film doesn't match how you play. Like, okay. And, and I knew what he was saying too. He, he was like, all no, he said, all of your film doesn't match how you play in person. And I and I knew because half my career at Notre Dame, my first half, I was injured, mm. <clears throat> and a lot of times playing injured. It wasn't until my senior year when Coach Willingham got there okay. that I was healthy, and I just had a different. I mean, he motivated us in a different way. Yeah. <clears throat> and he said, "Man, your senior year is so different than all your other years, and all this film and all this." practice i'm seeing you now mm -hmm. is even more intense like he said me, i want to talk to you about that so we talked about an hour just unplanned and you know like i said they didn't interview him at the combine but that's who ended up drafting me you know mm -hmm. off that conversation you know nice. and and obviously what what they saw but the crazy thing is two years later <laughs> you know this is how this mysterious things work the book patriot rain came out they followed the Patriots around. Right. And chapter 10 was a, a chapter about the combine. And Belichick mentioned me in the, in that chapter as the, one of the smartest guys he's ever interviewed at the combine, you know. And he mentioned that, oh. you know, they just – I just wasn't a fit for the system, basically. Really? But I knew all the answers to the questions, and I could even think about things that were NFL-level things. Yeah. Right. And it was, that was kind of validation, you know. For I remember sure. walking out of that meeting, thinking, "Man, like you dumbass," yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like. But that was that was definitely uh, validation, man. And uh, but that lets you show you know, that that goes to show the business of the NFL, the business of sports, shoot, the business of life. Yeah. You're not going to be for everybody, right. right? But as long as you for yourself and you have confidence, that's that's all that matters, you know. So yeah, yeah. T touch on that, man. I, I I think you know, obviously, to play in the NFL, there's a huge physical element to mm -hmm. that i think there's a bigger mental element to that oh you're 100 percent right right so talk about that mental strength mental stamina to fight through an injury yep to fight through the whole process how, how did that work so that so what you just said is is the reason why you know you you know to make it in the nfl you 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 have a higher chance of winning the lottery mm -hmm. wow. to stay in the nfl you know win the lottery twice because the mental side of it, gotcha. you know, it's funny. So many rookies, including myself, come in in the best shape of their life and, you know, running fast and testing well and all that kind of stuff. But the combine can't test for heart and, and are you a football player? Right. The, okay. the combine can't test for that. Right. You know, they can't test for your mental ability. I mean, you can take the Wonderlick test, but when you, when, you know, you got a broken bone or you got, you know, your body's hurting – and you know you you just can't think you, you know you, you're distracted right can you still think in those things you know in, in those conditions you know when there's a you know there's hundreds of thousand people screaming and you got pressure of your family to make this call you know you're playing against tom brady they're motioning and moving around 
and you got to check the defenses and you got Ray Lewis looking back at you <laughs> looking for the call. Can you make the call <laughs> under all that? Yeah. The combine can't test for that. So right. the most important thing, and I tell people all the time with, with kids, you know, obviously train them, train them physically, train them to endure, train them to be resilient. Mm-hmm. But start training their minds right now mm-hmm. to learn to overcome, learn to be uncomfortable, learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's the biggest thing. A lot of veterans, believe it or not, are in terrible shape. You know, a lot of veterans that you think are fast really aren't that fast. They're just smart. <laughs> yeah. Know the game. They know the game. Yeah. So, you you know, they're like, listen, Rook, you may be faster than me, but you're going to take two false steps. <laughs> One, and I already know where you're going, so I'm going right. to get there before you going to get there, and you're way faster than angle. me. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, the, the mental side of it, I mean, especially coming out playing for the Ravens yeah. and that defense. Man, bring me in that practice. I mean – there's some gold jackets that you – I mean, it's – you know, first of all, the level, the standard you you I walked into was, oh, man. was on a Hall of Fame standard. Yes. I mean, literally. Yes. I mean, there's going to be some more Hall of Famers off that defense. That's yeah. amazing. Um, you know, and it was Terrell Suggs and I got drafted in the same class. Okay. And I remember Suggs <laughs> being this – he was the youngest guy in the NFL. He was 19 at the time because he uh-huh. left Arizona State early. Okay. And I just remember this young, you know, just and we, we were all young, you know, and you know the, the draft, you know, all the guys who got drafted, they pick us up from the the airport and drive us. And I remember them saying, "Hey guys, your your life has just changed, so act accordingly." And that act wow. accordingly is the key, the key <laughs> statement in everything you do in life is act, act accordingly. accordingly. So stepping into that, I mean, man, stepping into that locker room. You you step in there with grown men, and they don't they don't care what what's bothering you. They don't care that you know you you're struggling to learn this or you're you're struggling. No, if you're out there, you you better know what you're doing. You know, because I got kids to feed. Right. I got a wife. A lot of them had a wife, a girlfriend with a wife on the side. <laughs> you know, I mean facts. I mean, but so to your point, the 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 ability to quickly learn something. And not be have to be corrected on it yeah. more than one time, yeah. right. and in some cases not corrected on it at all. Oh, right. I mean, there were times, literally, and I'm not I'm not even exaggerating, that there were a group of rookies on the field, and the coach said, "Hey, if you rookies mess up on this, all you I'm kicking all of you out." And I'm not talking about all out off, off, off the, the field. field. I'm talking about into the locker room, and you all going home. Like turn your playbook in. Turn your playbook in, yeah. and that happened. Wow. Like. I mean, and I remember my rookie year, my coach saying, listen, Sap, listen, if if you hurt, you're no good to me, man. I'm telling you, if you're hurt or injured, you're no good to me, and I got to I gotta get rid of you. So you got to make up in your mind if if you're going to be hurt or injured. Yeah. And if you are, then you, you're just no good to me. Wow. So understand that, you know. And, and, that's, and that's coming that's from All-American in high school yeah. to playing at Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah, that's know, real, man. That's a reality. So, yeah, that's real. So basically, the playbook, man. Like, I mean, the, the Ravens. We went in the game with a, with hundred defensive plays, and there's probably ten audibles that we checked to all that. I mean, Rex Ryan was a defensive genius. Yeah. Right. Not only Rex Ryan, but Ray Lewis, obviously. I mean, he was a coordinator on the field. He would change the defense. Shoot, Ed Reed would change the defense sometimes. Yeah. I mean. We we were so good. We we run cover one on one side of the field, zone on another side. That's ill. You know, cornerbacks and safeties got their own thing going just because we know each other so well. I mean, it it was such a, a fluid. <clears throat> I mean, situation, you you had huh? to be you. Everyone had to be on the same page. So every night you had to you had to learn 
shoot, 10 different plays. And not only learn it, but you had to get on the board and you had it from the whole defense. Also, too, man, the whole dynamic of player and coach wasn't the same anymore. And a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean? I was like, no, it's no longer a hierarchy. No, we business partners. Mm. You, you're, I mean, I always had a respect for my coaches. Right. But a lot of them dudes, like, I, I remember vividly. I'm not going to say his name, but he's going to be a future Hall, future Hall of Famer. Coach was like, this is how we play in the defense. And he was like, no, nah, I'm not playing it like that. And he was like, yes, you, this is from the whole defense now. So, yes, you are playing it like that. And this, this particular player said, how many years you played to the coach, defensive coordinator? No, I'm sorry, to the position coach. And he said, zero. I played nine years. So we're going to play it how I want to play it. And he's like, and if you don't like that, I'll get you fired. Wow. And, I'll, and I'll be here playing it like I want to play it next year too, you know. <laughs> And he says, so cut, cut the film back on and let's get, you know, just, I mean, it, I mean, the Ravens were renegades, though. Yeah. I mean, they were players and coaches used to fight sometimes, you know, like, I mean, it was a renegade. I mean, <laughs> it, it really was. Listen, <clears throat> if you had a problem with another player, uh-huh. <clears throat> I remember Rex Ryan saying, hey, cut the film on. <clears throat> Coach is going to leave the room. Oh, y'all figure it out. And y'all better figure out, and it better be some furniture moving in here. Because when we get back, I don't want to hear any more bickering, okay? Yeah, we got, we got shit to do. Hey, so, hey, and with no more problems, too. But that's, I love it. That's, wow. the, that's the mentality. Like, I mean, hey, Re- and Rex. that showed on the field, boy. Yeah, man. Rex, I remember Rex, too, man. We would fights on the, you know, in practice. Uh-huh. He'd be like, no, 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 none of that breaking up stuff. No. <laughs> The second dude come in and hold the offensive guy, uh-huh. and everyone else tee off on him. And he said, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, hey, 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 stop it, stop it. You know, I'm gonna act mad, <laughs> but you know, really, I'm not gonna be mad. You know, I'm gonna be mad if you break it up. You know, right? Like, <clears throat> Renegade. I know? love that. I love it. I love man. that, man. But anyway, underneath all that, it was a certain level of accountability, respect for one another, and and guys just trusted each other. Right. You know. And and the, the key thing is the veterans trusted the young guys. Mm. Ed Reed, you know, a lot of veterans, you know, because literally a young guy is there to replace you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it's no, there's no um, secret about it. Like, right. you drafted him to replace me, you know? Like, mm. act, in fact, every Tuesday they bring in people at every position and work them out to see if they found something better. Yeah. So you just learn to only control, worry about the things you can control. Do your best. And do Yeah, you know, so, but every was a guy who was like, listen, man, we all here together. We a team. So, I mean, we, he'd have film study at his house with all the young guys, you know. Dope, he said, my job is to get you better because that gets us better, you know. Ray Lewis the same way, you know, so that's that's what it was, man. Shout out to Ray Ray. was just in town, man. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, man. Right. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, he came and spoke to our church, man, so that was dope to have him in town. And then uh, speaking of Ed Reed, man, you saw his new position, right? Yeah, Miami, right? Yeah, so he's the chief um, of uh, chief of staff over there, man. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I mean, you know, some guy's presence just elevates everything and yeah. everyone. I mean, he's one of them. I mean, he's such – first of all, he's such a good, genuine guy. Good dude, yeah. He's such a good dude, you know I mean? I, I could I could do a whole show on all the stuff he would do wow. that he didn't want any media attention for, yeah. you know? And I'm talking about millions of dollars worth. You know? Really? He, I read he, some things <clears throat> about you know, Walmart and with the students and yep. stuff. Yeah, man. Exactly. I mean, he, one in, one in particular, he, 
you know, Walmart pays, you know, hey, like fifty dollars to go back to school, school shopping yep. spree, you know. Mm-hmm. He he added like a hundred dollars on to everybody. To everybody. And but it was like, hey, I don't want any media attention, just just here it is. I mean, just I mean that but he did that all the time, you know, like um so him at Miami, I mean, like I said, he's he's a presence. Him being around will elevate everyone's play. Just because he's that special person, you know. You I always tell people playing pickup football. You know, when you when you talk about who's a good athlete, you you can reduce it down to, to pickup football. Who's the first person you're gonna pick? <laughs> I don't care who's out there. Okay, who's the first person you're gonna pick? You you can have any old great football player. Avery's probably gonna be the first one you're gonna pick. Yeah, you know, or Barry Sanders, but Avery's the first person. Not because of his athleticism only. I mean, but it, he was a freak. I mean, he he knew one. He studied film, but he had an innate ability just to get the ball. You know, when he got that ball, man, he and was scoring. Then he knew what to do he with knew it. What to do it, <laughs> yeah. not playing. Now he yeah. is not playing. Yeah, and it know, was not, it was fluid too. It was fluid, yeah. It was just ridiculous. He's so innate with it. Yeah, you know, and that, that's I mean, God touched him. You know, but anyway, so he's gonna bring that that specialness to uh, Miami. And you know, the thing is, like, I, I hope Miami gets back. You know, I, do too. I mean. College football is good when the when the powerhouses are all good, you right. know. And I mean, you know, and, that, and that's the thing, man. When you play in a locker room with so many amazing guys from amazing schools, right? The, you you develop even a deeper respect for for the for the tradition programs, and also you develop a respect for the smaller programs too. Right. I mean, a lot of guys don't talk about that, man. But Shout out to knowing what a lot of those guys had to get get yeah. through and didn't have that we had. To get to with and and to, to get there, I mean, it's just respect, you know. I mean, you, you you learn to respect just people for who they are. It don't matter where they came from, what school. If you're a football player, you're a football player, right. you know. So, right. yeah. is, is my man Ed gonna get a taper now that he at Miami, or he he? Man, he's not, he's not gonna do that. Uh, we used to call him the uh, <laughs> Billy Goat, man. <laughs> I don't. Uh, he growing it out, man. I don't know what he's doing, man. Uh, oh, Ed, we used to call old Eddie oh, Kane. Eddie Kane, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what he's um, doing, man. But it's it an old soul, though, man. Naturally, yeah. Now, um, did you guys play the? Was it the convicts versus uh, Catholics? Oh, yeah. Catholics versus convicts. Yeah. <clears throat> was that? Did you? Did no, you I wasn't. I wasn't a part of that. But because um, they paused it for a while, and I didn't know if it, it was. Yeah. They just kind of revisited it a couple of years ago. So, so the funny thing about that, man, you know, which when we played Florida State, oh, okay, um, and we we went down there and handed it to him, but. You know the crazy thing is humble we all brag. come humble we all brag. humble brag <laughs> that there was such a big misconception about the Notre Dame and Miami guys. You know a lot of people look at the and I, and I understand it. You know you look at the Notre Dame guys oh like you you know we went to Notre Dame you know like yeah but a lot of us from the same neighborhoods <laughs> like literally yeah. like literally Notre Dame had twenty eight guys from Texas okay I think twenty four guys from Florida South Florida ah uh, I mean. We we all grew up together. We right, you chose yeah. you know. Um, so it was funny talking to a lot of the old old heads at Notre Dame that played in that those classic, classic games. games. Same thing. A lot of them grew up in the same neighborhoods. But the crazy thing is, I remember in the documentary, Chris Zor said we we were no angels either. Yes, and we weren't. You know, mm-hmm. the funny thing is, first of all, they're obviously not convicts down there. But a lot of us got Lord in trouble Saints. just as much as they got in trouble. Right. You know, we we just hid away at Notre Dame, you know, <laughs> under that golden dome. Hey, you know? anybody spent enough time in college, they yeah. got into some kind absolutely. of trouble. Absolutely. You know? You're out on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something happened. Absolutely, man. So, 
we just, always we always got a kick out of that, especially because we knew all the guys. You know, we knew all the Miami guys, and right. SC guys, and all that kind of stuff. You know, and we were all the same dudes. You know, so that's cool. But man. no, I never participated in the Notre Dame Miami robbery. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, man. I want to kind of talk about a couple current things, man. And you know, I'm actually going to jump to this this because I think you know, as the intro, um, you know, I mentioned you are a father, man, and I love checking out social. Uh, how you're raising these two young men mm -hmm. you are raising young men yeah. and i mean they are doing everything i see them doing <laughs> damn ufc yeah man. kickboxing <laughs> fucking, <laughs> football baseball yep. one's a dj he got so much energy yeah, man he do he, mad personality yeah, he dude. Does. He so does. um just kind of tell me about you know fatherhood man and, and raise them here in las vegas man. sure so you know that, that's you know, as, as we all understand, man, I mean, presence, you know, I didn't have a father. So that taught me firsthand, you know, what the, you know, what, your absence gave me an understanding of what true presence really meant. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's so, that's huge, man. you know, so it was really one of the things, man, like, well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to grow. I didn't want my sons growing up. I, I didn't want to repeat that basically right. Mm -hmm. right you know if i had kids i wanted to make sure that i could be there and not not only be there but raise them the way that i always envisioned and dreamed of being raised you know um and you mentioned that i i have them in a lot of different sports it's really man to give them options yeah one right. thing that the only thing that i would change from my childhood is just options and and, the only, and I wouldn't, it's not that, you know, change it like I regret anything, but because we, we didn't have options. Right. You, know, you, either <laughs> dribble, you either dribbled out or you had a football. You That's know? it. But now there's so many other sports and so many other things, especially growing up in Las Vegas. Right. You know, with different things. So it's like, man, like, and I'm, I'm the type of dad is just like, I don't care what you do. Like, if you don't want to play sports, sports is not for every, everybody. And in fact, it took me a while. Um, so I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. It took me a while to put all my sports memorabilia out in the house. Oh, really? Okay. You know, my 10-year-old, I believe, was five when I put it all out okay. for the first time. And my brother had to tell me to put it out. And the, the reason being was I didn't want him to grow up thinking, one, he had to be a, an athlete. Yeah. But, but wow. two, he had to be me. You right. Know? He had to live in, live in my shadow or to do what I did or do, you know, do any of that. And- you know that, and 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 that that that's tough for kids. You yeah, know? and I, I didn't want that kind of pressure, but but on the on the flip side of that, hell, it's tough for you. It's tough for me because that can be inspiration Correct. for a kid. You know, for for me, that's tangible motivation for them mm -hmm. to not necessarily be athletes, but to do whatever you dream of doing. I don't care what you dream of doing; you could do it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to do it, and and the thing that I chose to do, you know, so that that should you know, let you know that whatever you choose to do, you can do it, man. Awesome. You know, if I can make it where I came from, you can make it, you know, but, but yeah, I mean the whole, even the, the, the mixed martial arts, to be honest with you, I hope they're not fighters. Um, you know, but the thing is I know training as a fighter gives them something tangible, some innate ability to push through certain things that you, you just wouldn't get anywhere else. I mean, right. even, even their coach is like, man, like if they develop, the instinct of a fighter, I don't care what they do in life, they're going to be hard to beat. It you bleeds know? out to other things. It bleeds things, out into right? other things. So, you know, my, my, you know, my thing as a father is like, man, give these boys options and then give them the tools 
to prepare and whatever they want. I mean, that's the thing. We didn't have all the tools when we were younger all the time. Right. You know, now my biggest thing is I'm going to give them the tools to be able to prepare to, to, to be successful. And that's, that's my main role right now. That's dope. And that's big. I mean, we, mm-hmm. I had a discussion actually with my dad recently, um, about that, about the same thing, um, about parenting in general. Mm-hmm. And you touched on it about parenting and giving them the tools, mm-hmm. give them the game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people and today, I'm not going to criticize anybody, but a lot of people, um, your kids grow up, mm-hmm. you know, they're not raised a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? I think there's a, a, a difference between I'm just growing up or I was raised a certain way. Right. right? Absolutely. And I feel like you got that game plan. Talk to me about that game plan. You know, it, we, we, there's there's a there's a strategy to parenting i'm doing this because i'm you know sure sure i, I know why i'm doing this yeah, right yeah Talk absolutely to me about that so 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 to piggyback on that point you just made i'm doing this because i, I know i'm doing this i want to do this it's the, a plan the, the number one thing i said is i'm gonna be deliberate about being a father yeah i'm gonna be very deliberate you know there's a lot of and and i'm not knocking anybody right i know there's circumstances that make it tough to be a father or mother uh, is you know that are out of your control sometimes you know but for me, I said I'm gonna be very deliberate in how I raise my boys. There's certain things, there's certain lines that I won't cross or let anyone else cross with mm-hmm. my with my sons. At least at a certain age, and I can control it. Right. And it's not not a matter of me sheltering them and not allow you know. But at a certain point, it's just being deliberate. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna let a bad coach coach them. Yeah. Life is too short. Like mm-hmm. you know, their minds are too valuable to pollute it with stuff that you're gonna have to take out. Yeah. And that's gonna ruin other stuff. You know, I'm I'm not gonna you know let them fall behind in school. You know, I'm I'm gonna be at school sometimes. You know, I'm 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 understand what they're doing and how they can be better at it. You know, if they need that help. So the first thing is just I knew I wanted to be deliberate yeah. in how raising them. You know, the 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 second thing is as, as we touched on is the plan. You know, I mean, learning to prepare. Um, and I don't care if it's in sports in school allowing them to understand there's a method to this you know successful oh. people just don't <laughs> wake up successful right there like i mean there's there's steps to lead to that like <laughs> like su- yeah. you know successful people don't just go in and say hey you know i'm i started this company or i bought this team or no there's 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 how do you get there right. so you know with me it's it's the I, you know i'm gonna touch on again it's the mental side of it you know one learning learning who you are and learning how much your mind can endure more than your body thinks it can endure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, case in point of that right now with my, especially with my older son is he's in club baseball now. Okay. And there's times he doesn't get home till 10 PM and he has to do homework. And I'm saying, listen, man, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be real with you. Like I'm gonna give you an option. Okay. You can do your homework tonight or you can wake up early and yeah. do your homework but you got to do your homework do right. you know because you chose to play baseball you know oh, that's dope you know and if you don't want to play baseball tell me you don't want to play baseball but as of now you chose to play baseball and there's certain requirements and responsibilities that come along with that so i'm gonna give you an option okay so you know one you know i'm always like listen you're in the one percent now you're learning how to manage time yeah. and manage responsibility like like no one right now. I mean, there's there's your one percent of your peers are are able to do that right now. Absolutely. Most of your peers 
come home, watch TV, take a nap, you know, do whatever. And, and good for them, you know, good for them. Right. Then get to their homework, then watch some more TV. And, and like I said, that's what you want to do, do that, you know. But what you're learning right now is so valuable. Whether you want to continue in sports or do whatever, you're learning to manage time with responsibilities around it. And you're managing it, you right. know. Um, so it's, it's really just laying out, you know, I mean – you know, keeping them up on reading inspirational things about yeah, people. Man. I mean, that's the biggest thing too. Like, not just read. You know, so the so the school gives them things to read, but I'm always finding more things for them to read that that's more fitting to them. I like that to see that you know, because I can't always be their hero. Right. So you know, I know athletes. They like I like to find inspiring stories around them, mm -hmm. something they had to endure. And I you know, say, so, hey, read this real quick. I think you'll like it. You know. One is, you know, helping the reading. Right. But two is making it's that whole tangible success thing, you know. Yeah. And building that mental capacity. Exactly. To you know, know they want to motivate themselves. A blueprint, get man. That. The blueprint. Yeah, yeah, blueprint. Man. You can't build a house without no blueprints. Exactly. You can't yeah. build it without a foundation either. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Nice. You know. Well, I know one thing that kind of rocks someone's foundation. I know I'm usually the one to joke, so I'm going to, you know, definitely be quickly serious about this. But, you know, D. Wade uh, recently just kind of came out talking about his son and, mm -hmm. and just adjusting. And, you know, that's a whole nother plan, right? And you, you know, know, yeah, that's that's um, and I saw that, yeah, right. I saw that on the ticker. You know, she transgender mm -hmm. wanted now her and she correct. and changed her name, correct? Changed her name. You know, one I, I tip my hat to the Wades, man. Oh my god, and D Wade. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, as a father, th there's a traditional idea of raising a son that. I think we all have, at least most of us have. I mean, just having a son, right? Having it's, a son, It's yeah. like when, you, when they're pregnant, it's like, yeah. okay, got to get exactly. that boy, right? Exactly. And and there's all these expectations that you have. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, and rightfully or wrongfully so, you have them. They're there. And there's these visions of what you expect from your son, you know, not only now, but later on in life. And right. for right or for wrong, those are the visions you, you expect. So, you know... You know, it's funny thing was when I when I saw that I was like, man, what would ever happen if, I mean, well, how would I take if one of my sons said that, you know? Right. And and in the end, you know, all you all you could do is love them, you know. Obviously, obviously you're human, and you would have questions, but and you'd want to talk it out with them. You Absolutely. Know? You know, but at the end of the day, like that's still your your flesh and blood, yeah. you know, and that's still. That's still, you know, you, you know, cause especially a son, that's you, you know, I mean, more than, you know, a daughter in some cases. So, you know, the only, you know, I, I've never, I obviously haven't experienced it. Um, but all I can say is I tip my hat to the, to the Wades um, for dealing with it the way they have dealt with it. You know, I mean, and just showing nothing but love, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to go fast forward, man, because like we said, man, this is this has been just hit after hit with you. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of the entrepreneurial things that you've done, man. Or anything that you want to speak on. I mean, sure. You got a list of them, brother. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> you've done a lot of stuff. So the biggest thing, man, I got cut one time. OK. And I remember, you know, my wife was at work. It was the first day of the job. And I rem and I remember thinking, man, this is her day, her happiness. I would be selfish to ruin it if I called her and told her that I got cut on her first day of the job. Oh, got you. And I remember thinking, man, this is the first day I got I had to be a, a real husband. Right. Make a real husband decision. You know, like so 
I remember sitting around all day waiting for her to get back. Okay. You know, like, sure enough, she got back. And, <laughs> like, and, you know, I let her tell me about her day. Then I said, well, you know, I, I got cut today, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I knew how she was going to respond, so I didn't want to ruin that day for her right. while she was at work. And sure enough, she responded the way I thought she was going to respond. Um, but, you know, the, the way God works, man. Like, Tony Dungy called me two hours later and was like, hey, we wanted to draft you. But the Ravens got you. So one yes. man's trash is another man's treasure. I Let's remember go. him telling me that like it was yesterday. So they immediately signed me, put me on a plane, flew me to Indy that night. Um, so, but during that time, I had to sit at home by myself. I remember thinking, man, I don't ever want the NFL to have the power that they have over me now, this feeling that I have of helplessness. You know, I, I mean, I graduated. I got my degree in finance. But it was still like, I don't, I, this feeling, they, they have this power over me that they can, you know, dangle me around like that. And I remember thinking, man, no, this, that's never going to happen again. So during that time, I applied for Harvard Business School. Yep. During that time, I set the, I remember reading all the requirements. I was interested in it before, and I remember s submitting the first process of it. And it was a long process. And ended up getting, I mean, I got, you know, admitted. So I would go to business school in off season at Harvard, and um, it took me like two and a half years. And I said, "Man, I'm I'm building my own brand, my personal brand. So no matter what the NFL does, it's 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 my decision. Yes. If I want to leave or stay, you know. If you cut me again, that's fine. That's business, you know. You know, that's the other thing you learn quick. It's business, you know. It's not personal, right?" So, but I want to, you know, like it's business. I want to have the option to say, well, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep going then, you know? And then you had that, right? So, I mean, you so, won an award for the first company you did, yeah, right? So, <laughs> yep. So a year later, I wrote a business plan and um, won a, the Notre Dame business plan competition. And the NASDAQ awarded me, um, the Navy SEALs were our first customer um, and end up, ended up um, selling that company. And and you, and you had to exit. I mean, that's yep, amazing. Yep. Start a company. Start a company. Build a company. Yep. And then to have a successful exit. Yep. That's awesome. And that company was the uh, the wear the the clothing the line. Clothing wear we made out, out of recycled uh, recycled bottles. Yep. Yeah. Which no one was doing at the time, man. Like, and it was it was exciting to learn new stuff and play with new technology. But um, they ended up starting a tech company, and you know, I guess the biggest thing, man, it was just. When I wasn't competing in football, I needed to compete in something else. Yeah. yeah. And and business was my new outlet. And That's I amazing. Tack business the same way I tack sports, you know, all in. So started tech company and you know, which was which is interesting. Um <laughs> you know, I ended up writing some algorithms and Tony Shea denied me the really? first time okay. I met with him for the Vegas Tech Fund. Right. And I remember saying, Man, I remember him saying, "Listen, Jerome, if you can prove this algorithm works, you you you've created something amazing." But at the time, it was kind of shaky, and he's like, "So we're gonna pass." So I remember saying, "All right, Tony, you like the product, and you said you like me," and he's like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I'll see you in a year." You know? Okay. So literally, three hundred sixty-five days later, they invested in me. I ran into them. I was launching my my company at South by Southwest in Austin, and I ran into Tony Shea and the middle of 6th Street in Austin, 1,000 people, and they ended up investing in my company. We're launching it. 
And that's how I got to Vegas. And, you know, he ended up, ended up selling the algorithm to him. And, um, then I, you know, did some other things after that. But, you know, so, I mean, to be honest with you, man, business is business was my sports after sports. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and I was just fortunate enough to be at the right time and right place and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we'll put in the work, too. Let's not forget and, that. And put in the work. Yeah, yes. I, I work hard at it. You know, and, and to that point, I put in a lot of work, and I felt that my presence, I wasn't around as much. Okay. So I, in, in a weird way, I felt that I was repeating what my father did to me, even though my father was in prison. Yo, I okay. felt that I was repeating that, but in a worse way. Because I was, I wasn't in prison. I was just not there. I was, I was letting business consume me, and my 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 sons, you know, they they didn't see me. Like I was right. gone, you know. And so I had to step back and be like, man, what am I doing right now? Like, so that's why I, you know, I I'm I I'm not doing anything. You know, my focus is my boys and and raising them and being there for them for whatever they need. And, you know, that's, that's my focus, you know? So, you know, like I said, you know, when, when you understand how someone's absence affects you, you really understand what, what presence really means, you know? So, that's and amazing. I felt that I was, I was repeating that with my son. So my presence was more important than chasing that competitive, whatever you want to call it as an athlete, but chasing it in business you know, literally, it it I literally extinguished that inner flame instantly when I realized that my sons are like, "Dad, we never see you anymore." You know, and I was like, "Man," and know. that a, and that a, so, um, awareness too, man. That self awareness is a big yep. part of that too. Yeah, man. I'm I'm fortunate that I was able to not be blinded by my own competitive kind of fire. So nice. So yeah, that's I love it, man. Yep. Well, hey, man. Um, definitely want to kind of close off here, man. What we definitely say is we give a platform, and um, you know, I know you brought up something uh, that's kind of near and dear to your heart was the the merging vets and players yep. uh, program here. Now, I know that that's kind of a big program that's been going, but in Vegas, it's actually just had its three year. Yep. Uh, they recognized a three year party about a couple about couple a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Something like yep. that, right? Yep. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that as we get ready to wrap up. So you know, um, just really quick, man. I mean, a lot of people are like, "What are vets and?" ex-athletes have in common i said man more common than you know you know you got two type a people that are very mission and purpose driven you know and when you take that purpose away from them sometimes a loss and that that feeling of being lost can you know matriculate into depression and other things so you have a lot of veterans who are depressed and you know they they do all these amazing things over down range as they call it then they come back home and they're taking orders for someone who's never done anything significant in their life, you know, <laughs> right? and then that messes with them, you know, yeah. or they feel like, you know, the, the, the country turned its back on them, you know, since they made them retire. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of reasons, but more importantly, there's no purpose in their life anymore and there's no missions to find purpose. So same with athletes, you know, there's no week one, week two, week three, there's no playoffs now. So what's my purpose now? No goals. No to, goals. Yeah. So, so anyway, so Merge Investment Players, it's a free organization. Um, basically, it it brings combat veterans and ex-athletes together, and they train MMA um, just to get that physical connection, that, that athletic kind of – and for a lot of guys, it's to lose weight again. You that know? too. I mean, a lot of the vets are, and athletes are depressed just because they've gained a lot of weight. But you think it's that team atmosphere as and, well? And the team atmosphere, yeah. yep. It's that camaraderie. So the second part of it is – 
for an hour after the workout, you sit around and talk about things that you wouldn't talk about normally with your therapist. You know, a lot of them wouldn't bring it up with the VA, right? Their wives, you know, wives, girl, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It's just open peer to peer mentoring and therapy, basically. So, you know, like I said, it's a free, it's free. And I just appreciate all the good work they're doing. And I've seen firsthand that they've helped how they've helped veterans and um, ex-athletes kind of get to that next phase of life more smoothly. I love it. So how can we get involved here locally? And then, you know, I'm pretty sure there's chapters everywhere. Now, is this the one that Jay Glazer is involved in? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So how can we get involved here locally? And then, you know, uh, people listen everywhere. Um, how can they get involved? Sure. Well, it's the, the website is vetsandplayers.org. Okay. Um, that's one. Two, um, I believe every Friday at 530 at Extreme Couture, uh, Randy Couture's uh, MMA gym. Is that the one here? The one here, okay. yeah. Uh, they meet. And, um, you know, it's come one, come all. If you're a combat vet or a veteran or an ex-athlete, doesn't have to be an ex-NFL athlete. And like I said, no pressure. It's free. It's no pressure. Come as you want. If you if you just need that extra support, if you're, you know, dealing with things in life as as we all do, that's that's it's a good look you know it's a very good look and i, like I think it. you'll get something out of it i like it yeah all right man well 30 seconds or less yep. okay we have a, um this topic called the assist all right so what yep. would you the dime the, the the knowledge the gym that you would drop to your younger self to your kids or these people out here listening what's that one nugget you want to leave them with man i say you know this is cliche but don't quit you know i mean so many things are right around the corner and so many things are closer than you feel that they are. But, you know, as, as we all we are human, so we get beat down a lot and we, we lose interest, we lose hope. Um, like I said, that tunnel could be dark and it's tough navigating through the dark sometimes, but that light is right at the other end, around the other bend, you know, so just don't quit. And whatever you're doing, um, you know, don't quit and you'll, you'll get there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, hey, we want to thank our guest, Jerome yes, Sapp, again, man, blessing us, man, taking yes, us sir. through. I told you, man, we're going to have to do a session two, session three. We're going to have to, <laughs> you know, uh, get you back on yeah, here. Yeah, man, just let me know. Absolutely. And thank you guys all for listening here, you know, for today's show. Hope you like the content. We are Black in Sports on all of your social media sites. Um, and um, please give us feedback and just know that we're rooting for you all. Screaming, all us blacks got his sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo. Yo, yo. Look. Look. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Smack about two racks on handmade new racks. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap. Back, back, back.